0: Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life?
1: Are you ready to get this party started?
0: This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and in inches while becoming more confident, and a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster.
2: Doing this is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. Public speaking is the number one fear in the world. I started a business during the recession in 2009 here in the US. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism is out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. I mentor people with master's degrees, with PhDs, and I help people who have been in business for a long time. I have deal with with the nutrition store maybe a half mile away from my facility, and we we cross promote, you know, we help out to give our clients what they need. That's where where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan, say, for me to get to that point. Okay, hump day! Happy Wednesday, everyone. This is Rob Foster, episode number 35 of Shut Up and Grind, with yours truly. So today we're going to be talking about conflict resolution. And this is something that affects everyone on the planet. Doesn't matter what religion you are, what sex you are, what you identify as, what whatever it is. It affects you at some point in your world, you are going to come across conflict. And so, in scouring the globe looking for phenomenal guests, I found one to help me have this conversation. So, joining me is Joyce Elder. And despite being recognized for her success and expertise in de escalation, communication, and conflict, it wasn't until she became a hostage, we're going to get into that one and resolve the incident that she chose conflict and crisis strategy as a career in business. So today she helps leaders use the unexpected advantage and that's trademarks. Don't be trying to take it so they can make their greatest difference and find themselves again. Let's give her a round of applause. Here's Joyce. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. It's thank good you, to meet thank you. you. Yes. Yes. So Let's let's dive right in. So Conflict Conflict Options LLC. So what happened in your world that made you choose this as your as your business path?
1: We've actually I've had a number of different situations that have led me down this road and the main one that finally got me there. I mean, I went through and learned mediation skills. I was called the little neighborhood icebreaker when I was just a toddler. And really had that training and experience going through law, going through mediation training and stopping on the sides of roads to help people that had been in accidents to keep them from getting into fist over them. Wow. And despite all of that, I still kept turning my back away from it. I didn't even see it as a possibility of, for a career until I had an incident as an association manager. Okay. And on this particular day, there was a person that stormed the front desk. Hmm. He, we knew that he carried weapons. We knew that he was skilled in hand-to-hand combat. And so he stormed the front desk. I was not in the office that I normally am in. I was in talking with others. So I had my back turned to the door and he took off in hot pursuit of me knowing what I looked like. And wow. fortunately, I happened to be there on that day. And so when I saw that my, the people that I was talking with had looked past me and their color drained out of their face and their jaws dropped, I naturally with being curious turned around and came within an arm's length of him as he made a threat that we had to assume was credible and Mm -hmm. he was blocking the door. So there wasn't a way that I was going to be able to run. There wasn't an option to hide. He already had that missile lock on me with his eyes. And I'm not going to having just been on the disabled list myself, excuse me, Fighting was not a really good option, okay. so the only thing that I left that I had left that I knew that I could do was to listen. If I could get him to talk, I could listen, and that could open a lot of doors for us
2: wow so how how scary was it just talking to him
1: You know i didn't actually have time to time to give in to the fear i I knew that what I had to be able to do in order to lead the conversation was to have greater flexibility than he did. And it obviously took a lot of flexibility for him to storm the front desk yes. and deliver a, a to and to hold people hostage in an office as well. Yes. And so for me, the best flexibility that I could find was to boldly actually walk toward him and, and just partner with him. I had decided that, okay, the best way that I have to stay calm is to treat this like I've treated something else that I handled well. And for me, that was treating him like as if he were a coaching client. And so okay. I really wanted to partner with him, not actually act like I was partnering with him, but to actually partner with him. Okay,
2: so, so let me ask you. So was there something about the exchange that made you feel comfortable doing that with him? Because sometimes if people are just outright deranged, you know, it might it might take a little more courage to to go that route. So, like, did it seem like maybe he wasn't looking to injure or even worse, kill people?
1: Oh no, he was definitely quite serious about his okay. his intention on what he had planned to do. Okay. But in this particular case, he also wanted something else. And we were able to work together to find that. Now, interestingly, the demands that he was making, I did not have the ability to provide. Yeah, Legally and logistically, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so there was no way that I could give into his demands. And at the same time, even when I was able to extricate other people, from the situation, my hope when I did that was that they were going to leave the building and call the police, neither of which happened. (laughs) And so I ended up being on my own as far as resolving the incident with him. I thought that I was stalling for time, and my stalling tactics ended up turning into resolution tactics instead. No kidding. That's amazing. That's amazing. So take
2: take me through through your your mindset just before you started talking to him. So you're trying to get away. He's in pursuit. He's closing in on you. Just what was going through your mind?
1: At, At this point, what was going through my mind as I walked toward him was that I could not let him see that I was afraid. I had to be the one with the greater flexibility. I had to be able to lead that conversation. I had to be able to find out what his needs were, keep him talking and keep listening because I knew how effective that had been for me in other situations. When I was doing this, I didn't actually know that I had hostage negotiation skills. (laughs) I knew that I had been trained in coaching. I knew that I'd been trained in consulting. I had proven that I could use those and the mediation training skills and all of my other background in law, lobbying, and um, psychology background that I had, everything, even the substance abuse counseling background that I had. Everything that I had, all of those little pieces that I never thought I'd be able to pull together, came together in that one moment. And, wow. and I was fortunate that that I was able to keep my head about me. And there was something that was kind of neat about that was that it was in that moment that I, I learned that you can't just have a goal. Goals are good, right? They're going to keep us they're going to give us a target. But if we only look at that target, there's a possibility that we can lose if we don't hit it dead on, right? No pun intended, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it until it came out. I was Before like,
2: you continue, Ma- Mary watching on Facebook and she said, that's incredible, wow. It really <laughs> it is.
1: It was actually incredible. And one of the things that was really cool about it was that... I also learned in that moment that, okay, I need an intention here. I need to be able to have not just that external goal of what we're going to do to, to stay safe and resolve this, but also to be able to, how am I going to show up in this? What am, What is my persona going to be? Who do I need to be? How do I need to be showing up in this situation? And that has been a key for me in helping my clients all along is showing that it's not just about your goal it's how you go about it when you have both of those parts you can never lose because you're always going to have that that internal compass so to speak that to fall back on and that is completely within our control
2: Absolutely. All right. People listening at home, I hope you're taking notes. Cause I have my I have my notepad out here too. Cause she's already laid out some golden nuggets. And if you guys can hit that share button, right? Help us spread this word wide. Right. Hit that share button. Ask questions. Cause already we have we could probably with what I have already written down, we probably have about three hours worth of content. Don't worry, <laughs> we're not gonna stay on here for three hours, but we have about three hours worth of content already. But so my, my key takeaways, in the beginning, you said to show that you weren't afraid, to just keep listening, and to lead with intention, right? To lead with intention. I, I feel like in a lot of conflicts, people, are, I mean, you know, I know conflicts go far beyond people just arguing with, with, with each other. But I find in arguments, people are just listening to respond, and they're not listening to understand, How do you feel about that
1: absolutely they are listening to reply not even necessarily respond because sometimes those replies are actually reactions instead of responses and and that's really where we start to lose our grip on it one of my key tenets for for conflict resolution is listen first yeah when we listen first we actually get the answers on how to proceed. We can learn so much. We get so much information from it. And there is nothing to be gained by interrupting, and we have everything to lose from it. When I was facing the person, we'll call him Michael, that was not his real name. So I'll probably change his name six times throughout. Michael, then Paul, then Peter. <laughs> right. I'll be going through the alphabet before you know it. <laughs> but when I was working with him, one of the things that I knew was that if I can keep the speed of the conversation, keep lowering that speed, if I can keep the volume down, if I can keep the speed down, if I can keep, the, keep from making rapid changes in any way, shape, or form those are things that are going to help to keep the conversation from escalating. Whereas if I had interrupted him, he was going to try to speak faster to keep me from getting a word in. If I had interrupted him, he was going to talk over me and that's a volume increase. So we're going to have an escalation there. And anytime that we have a speed increase, anytime we have a volume increase, those are naturally going to raise our emotions. And that is not what you want when you are dealing with a highly escalated person. But here's the thing about the emotions though in conflict and this was something that actually surprised me about conflict was that you need a certain amount of it and a certain quality of it in order to really succeed and that's never been taught in any of the mediation courses that I've gone through and I've gone through quite a lot of them it's never even come up at all. So I have, a, and a lot of times, what happens is that people come into a mediation, or they come, they either come in and storm the, the front desk, and they're hot, like Michael was, and yeah. then it's it's easier because then I just need to slowly deescalate and get him to the right level in order to be able to have that conversation. Okay. I have a certain amount of those emotions because that's going to guide me to the core so that we can have that sustainable outcome that really is going to have good compliance and a positive long-term outcome. But if, but a lot of times people come into a planned mediation and they walk into the room and they are, I'm not gonna use the word I had planned, that was almost falling out. <laughs> um, they, they are very stoic. They are almost pretending to be apathetic, like yeah. this business. And I, and that doesn't work. We need to have those emotions so that we can really get to that core. And yep. so what happens is that I then have to kind of wiggle around until I can find a little emotion. But what happens is that by then, their emotions shoot up above, and then I'm trying to de-escalate it. Yes. So you really need to have that right level of emotion in order to resolve the conflict.
2: Yes, I was waiting to hear that because I say all the time, that a lot of these things, people, they let their emotions drive their actions rather than letting rationale drive their actions. Like when gyms got closed down here for the second time back in November, you know, like some of the other gyms were speaking out loudly and, you know, refusing to shut down and everything. And people were messaging me like, Rob, where's your outrage? I'm like, why do I have to be outraged? It's like, I'm, I'm taking in the information. I'm getting the the facts from the Department of Health. I'm getting the facts from the CDC. I'm arming myself with as much knowledge as I can. And then I took our Beyond TV training and I got booked on four TV stations and aired out my side, you know, but like I took the time to let rationale lead versus emotion.
1: Yeah, people will buy emotionally and they'll justify it logically So you do need to have that emotion, but you get to choose how you express it. Yes. You get to choose how you use it. You directed yours in a way that was... um, the word that I'm looking for is missing. And I hate that. Nothing like a Mm -hmm. communication consultant missing a word. Um, You're human. (laughs) (laughs) But there we're looking constructive. There we go. I knew it began with a C (laughs) we're we're looking for a constructive way to be able, you know, I've got all this pent up energy. What do I do with it now? Where do I focus it? And so we turn it into sort of a laser and say, I want to go this way. And, that's what we're going to use the emotion for, is that energy, that drive to pull us forward. Yes. So
2: I feel in just like every, everyday conflicts that people are willing to lose friendships. There are relationships that get severed. There are people leave jobs over this one five-letter word. Five, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. People just want to be right. They will fight to the death to be right. And like I said, they will end friendships to be right. And it just it boggles my mind. Now, now I'm not gonna act like I'm, you know, above the uh, above the issue. If I know that I'm right, it is very hard to shake me off my path, but it's like, what if I'm wrong? I'll be like, Oh, my bad you know but but just some people will go will go tooth and nail and it's like listen just take the L it's like you're wrong just take the L it's okay like it's okay <laughs>
1: but yeah. some people just cannot do it there's a lot of reasons that people do that it's partly a a defense mechanism i don't want to talk about it that's too touchy-feely for me. I feel feel weak when I am getting emotional. And so that's one of our strategies for dealing with conflict is to go head-to-head over it. Mm -hmm. And then we have the other people that just won't say anything at all. And and that's one of the biggest myths that I hear people say is, I won't engage in conflict. I just won't say anything. And I'm like, see, you actually are engaging in it when you don't say anything. Because at that point, you not saying something means that you have left a giant gap. And as soon as you leave that gap, that other person can't, they have to make sense of what's happening in their head. We're human beings, we are meaning making machines. We're going to fill in that blank and it's going to be with assumptions. And the funny thing about those assumptions we'll fill in is they are never, they are never positive.
2: The best thing you've said so far is meaning making machines. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm going to use that one. (laughs) All right. Sorry. Continue.
1: That's okay. And so that is our biggest thing is that we have to be willing to actually have a conversation. And yes, we're going to be emotional about it, but as a society, We've sort of shunned that. We've said, grown men, don't cry. You're an adult now. Don't cry like a baby. You know. It's, yeah. And so there's been a societal push not to show it. but And it's uncomfortable to show it. And so a lot of times people are willing to walk away from a relationship and they'll get divorced over something, even though they still love the person. Yeah. They'll get divorced instead of dealing with this one particular issue. Nope.
2: I have a comment here that I w- want to get your thoughts on. Lindsay says, "You not saying something also creates conflict within yourself." Yes, absolutely totally true. Totally. Yep, nice yeah. one, Lindsay. Yeah, I agree because, like, deep down, you know you have something to say, but by not saying it, you know, it, it's like that weight stays within you. Yep. Yeah, and and people people don't realize that sometimes airing out what you need to air out. It helps you. It's not really for the other person. It helps you, and like what people have to understand with for forgiveness too. I, I know this is shifting gears a little, but like forgiving someone doesn't mean that you have to be buddy buddy with them, or nope. that, or that you you're gonna forget what happened. Like forgiveness starts within. It's like you know what? I'm strong enough to just let that go.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And so we,
1: when we are having conversations, it's not so much that we are trying to. We don't have to try to win it. Yeah. And that's one of the nice things about having that intention is, like, I'm just showing up. I am just sharing what's true for me. I have no control over your response or reaction to it, but I'm going to take responsibility for my part of this conversation. I'm going to own that. Yep. Yeah. That's one thing I try to teach the children.
2: And I tell them they're like, "Oh, so and so made me so mad." I'm like, "Um, no, you made yourself mad." It's <laughs> like you you took the information that the universe gave you, and you chose a way to respond to it. Yeah, it said said so as long as you point the finger at whatever else it is, you know, you're you're not gonna have any healing inside. Yeah. and 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 that's something that takes a while to learn because I didn't always think like that. Like I I you know I'm a Leo, you know what I mean? Like we're fiery, <laughs> you know. So it took probably the last three years or so of being, being by myself to like step back and really work on me. And that was one thing, one thing I had to learn, like, you know what? I don't have to win every single battle. You know, it's like, I just don't. Cause like if someone challenges me, like I'll I'll challenge right back, but just now and taking the time and especially becoming a business coach, becoming a speaker, you know, and just being alone here with the kids, you know, like my world just started shifting, and then now working with other people, it's like, you know what? Doing that doesn't create any light. It only creates more more darkness. Yeah. So it's like I have to let go of that person I was even just three years ago. And I got to focus on spreading light. So going into a conflict now, I ask myself, all right, this is what I want to say. <laughs> but yeah. if I say it like this, what am I putting out there?
1: Yeah, you know? there is. There are so many things. This is one of those four-hour conversations, just what you said. I could spend four hours just talking about that because one of the things that is true is that by the time something even gets to our brain, it's already gone through the filters of our identity, values, beliefs, and ideas, any number of things that have all in our past experiences. So it's already gone through all sorts of filters because we are bombarded with, with all sorts of sensory information. And so in order to keep us sane and keep us protected, our brains have to sort it out. And then okay. by the time it gets to us to be able to process it, it's already gone through interpretive filters. So what we're actually seeing, what we actually know is not actually the reality.
0: Yes,
2: it's so true. Um, we have another question. So, Maryanne's asking: With so many conflicts happening at the same time in 2021, where is the line drawn with saying something or leaving a gap for your own sanity?
1: The answer to that depends on your key message. When you, and that's part of the decision, is what's your goal? Meaning, what are your? What is your main? Idea, what's most important to you? What are your values? Once you know your values and once you know what your intention is, how you want to show up in this particular conversation, then it becomes a lot more clear of whether it that's sort of a really good litmus test for you in terms of being able to know do I need to respond to that? Because with me, when I have a key message, when I help a client create those, they're going to have one big overarching belief or statement, and it's probably going to, and I encourage them to have it be broad enough that it's something that nobody would really disagree with it. They may not like it, but they're not going to necessarily fight it either. And then you're going to have some talking points and details underneath that to support it. And so my standard is if it's something that goes so much against those talking points, those supporting details, or that main idea that I've got for this conversation, and if it really goes to who I am, then I'm probably going to take it on. If it doesn't, I don't have to do anything with that. I like that. Love
2: it. Love it. Love it. And so, my thoughts on that one too is very, very similar to what to what you just said. And took to what I just said a few few seconds ago is like just take a moment and figure out what is my saying this going to accomplish. Cause if what you're saying is just gonna upset more people or it's gonna cause, you know, you know, how all the, the Facebook the Facebook warriors come out, you know, when you when you, you post something, and it's like then that's gonna take away from the core message, just like Joyce said. So if what you're putting out is gonna s- spread light. Then by all means, speak, speak out and speak out boldly and proudly. But if what you're, you're putting out, if it's gonna trigger people or incite negative responses, then that's where you'll have to step back and, and just ask yourself, do I need to put this out? Like, is this gonna add? Is this, is this gonna add to some sort of healing or is this gonna add to the problem? So if, you, if you're gonna add to the problem, then you'll wanna back off.
1: Yeah, you want to do that cost-benefit analysis. Okay, what is this going to cost me is the benefit of saying it higher. And sometimes if it's something that, is going, that you have reason to believe is going to incite people and take them off, then you've got to kind of go, okay, it, where are my benefits? <laughs> is there a greater benefit than that, what that might cost me? And if so, absolutely go for it. And if not, then you kind of have your answer to Yes, and then
2: I have these seven words that I live by. Is it that big a deal? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like so, sometimes you just have to ask yourself, is it? Is it worth the mental equity to go there? You know, like, if it is, if it's something that, that's really important and it's weighing on you, then by all means, you have to find a way to have an outlet. But if it's something that's just nonsense because you're mad... You know what I mean? That's where you just got to you know, pull the pants up, tie the strings, and just plow on with your day.
1: (laughs) You can waste a lot of time. You can lose a lot of sleep. You can lose a lot of friends. You can lose a lot of business. There are so many things that you can lose. But if you have a conflict, you can actually gain a lot by that. And the same thing for crises as well. And that's one of the things that really has been big for me in dealing with the in helping people deal with conflicts and crises is you know we tend to look at them as if they are bad we look at you know this um i'm gonna keep it family friendly here and not Mm -hmm. swear um but this bleep pandemic why do they have to keep us home why they can't you know and and wait a second wait a second we know what that bleep meant We know what it meant. You can't hustle like it. Go
2: ahead.
1: (laughs) On my own space I probably would have just let it go, but There are littles potentially watching or listening. So this is true. This is true. <laughs> in my regard, I roll that dice.
2: <laughs> before I, before I do my uh, my account my accountability calls with my, my fitness clients, I let them know have kids watch at your own at your own risk. But especially <laughs> especially when I get deep in the message, it just it just comes out. <laughs> just yeah. how it is.
1: Well, and you know, sometimes that's just a really poignant way of getting your point across. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it just fits. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's what I say. <laughs> like sometimes just the F bomb is just a perfect exclamation point. <laughs> <Yeah>. So true. <laughs> All right. So in, in your travels, how how many how many things do you deal with based on electronic interpretation? Because like I'll give give an example. My daughter and her boyfriend, they were they were arguing about maybe a month ago. And they're te- text fighting, text fighting. She's she's crying. She's all upset. She's like hyperventilating and stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about you. You know, it's hyperventilating and stuff. And they're going back and forth. I'm like, pick up the phone and call him. I said because when you're texting, see how you're mad and you're emotional. He could say you're the most beautiful person in the world, and you're gonna take that negatively now because you're emotionally charged. You know, so like, how much of that do you deal with?
1: you can't not deal with it. (laughs) My strategy, my, I have long held that, that texting is really micro communication. It's not communication. Yes. It's a micro communication. And that is just such a dangerous thing. There's no way that in the course of this little tiny screen that you can say what you need to be saying in a way that, is going to work for, because number one, we don't even know necessarily where that other person is. They could be just coming out of something that really rocked their world. They could be just going into something that they need to be focused on and they might not be really giving you the attention that the topic deserves and that you deserve. There are so many different factors that play into that micro communication. It's just not worth it. And so when in doubt, (laughs) have the conversation by having the conversation instead of just sending a little text that is just not going to work for you. Yeah. I mean, I say
2: too, or just even, even a voice clip, you know what I mean? Just even a voice clip, just cause the tone, the tone is everything. The tone is absolutely everything. Like if, if you text me, I'll say, you know, I'm busy, I'm I'm busy. Give me a minute. And it's like, Oh, they're blowing me off. It's like, no, like I'm like legitimately busy and I'll call you back in a minute. But just not having that tone. But if you voice clips like, hey, I'm doing my podcast right, right now, give me about 10 minutes, you'll be fine with that. Cause you you hear the tone and you you see I'm not mad or I'm not bothered. You know, and the, Amanda said same same with email sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any type of written communication, people assume the tone based on their current mood.
1: Yeah. And at the same time. When you're doing those voice clips, you do have to be careful because it is still a snippet. It's a clip. Yeah. And that can make it seem that much more terse. Mm. And so it can't, and especially if you're in the middle of something. Yeah, it, 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 depending on what your mood is when you're dealing with it I'm in the middle of something <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> yeah so Probably much the message you want to be sending at that point <laughs> <laughs> alright so what's what's a big
2: win for, for you like someone that you've worked with that was just in a bad bad place and you just, they just had a breakthrough in working with you and they just got to a better place
1: uh well the hostage incident was definitely a big win for me. Well, there's that. I mean just
2: just beyond the, I mean so so beyond that once you started working with clients.
1: In working with clients, one of the big wins that I have and this sort of goes off from dealing with the conflict, there's also the crisis side and um, because I found that Conflict often leads to crises, and crises often lead to conflicts. Um, One of my wins was that I um, I had a person that was losing her family members and her friends because they were so bent on the fact that she talked slowly. And I'm not quite clear on why that was, but there was this whole big dynamic that was happening because of the fact that she talked slowly mm. and it was meaning that they made out of it. And then she took the meaning that they made out of it and made an even bigger meaning out of it. And it started to affect not only her family and her friends, but also her employment and her identity and so much more. There's just, once something gets to the identity, there's just no way that it is not going to trickle down into all aspects of your life yes and so she was um she was and this is a demonstration of how it can how a conflict can lead to a crisis it was creating health issues for her and and i really did not know her well i had been through one meeting with her but then i we had a mutual acquaintance that asked me to sit down with her and in one conversation that probably took about 45 minutes i was able to move her to a different place. And I didn't see her again until about a year and a half later. And she remembered me and came running over and gave me this great big hug. And I'm going, <laughs>
2: who is this? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know? And I, and she was going, you don't remember I'm the person that talked too you slowly. And now, and she was so excited. <laughs>
2: that's great and
1: and apparently after we we talked she never had problems with that again she was able to rebuild relationships with her family members and friends she was able to get into the job and she was able to reverse some of her health challenges that she was facing as well that's awesome
2: that's awesome Mm -hmm. i mean this this one isn't about conflict but it's just about the power the power of sharing sorry i got Eyelash just flew in my eye. <laughs> all right, so it's about it's about the power of sharing. So I got several messages over the years. One was just from a woman I went to high school with, just randomly messaged me this one day. Said she lost twenty five pounds and she like owes it all to me and my posting and everything else. And I'm like, I, I I haven't spoken to you in like twenty years, <laughs> a couple decades, but just the things I post, like you know, you know the employees, uh, employees my client's accomplishments and, you know, people running races and everything. And it just inspired her to take action in her, her own journey. But one of the biggest ones was my nephew, like my nephew lost. It's either over a hundred or very close to a hundred pounds. And when he had his before and after photo, he's in his little skinny man suit now, and he, he wrote his big thing. And in it, like, he gave gave a shout out to me and to RBF Fitness. I'm like, he's, I don't think he's ever commented on one of my posts, never shared it. I don't think he's ever liked anything, but but he still took in the info, you know. So I just want pe- people to understand the reason why we do this. You know, because there's probably someone who listens every single week that never interacts, they never comment, they won't share it, they won't but they listen every week and they're gaining value from it. That would be me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so for those of you listening, like you got you have stuff within you that you can share. Don't be afraid to share it. It doesn't have to be, a, be on like a podcast or anything, but but just share your experiences because somebody out there needs to hear it.
1: Well and that's one of the really interesting things about both conflicts and crises is that it never ceases to amaze me that people are always watching. I can swear up and down that nobody is watching. You know, I was in a, um, I had pulled into a parking lot just at a grocery store just to pick up three things, right? It should have been nothing more than a quick in out and go through the line. It just should have been maybe five minutes tops. And I was in and out, but on this one, and I'm in a relatively small town. So it should have been quick and easy, no problems. But in this one particular instance, there was a mass. There was an all-out stop at the in the parking lot, and eventually, one of the people started honking horns and fists started coming out of their windows and <laughs> hollering starts. And now I'm just going, okay, I can't stand it. I pull over into one of the parking stalls and. <clears throat> come to find out that there had been two people that in backing out, they had backed out at the same time and had uh. had an accident. And one of the people that had been involved in the accident had decided I'm not moving my car until you, oh, and so one of the people that was in a car that was not involved ended up plowing through a crowd of people just because Oh, jeez! So I ended up having to take control of the whole situation because of the fact that I was like, "You can't <laughs> <laughs> running but, over people is frowned upon here." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: wow.
1: And so, and and once I got into it, right? I'm standing there, talking with the two people that are involved. And in my mind, I, it seemed like there was nobody else around. I, the other people that were part of the group had dispersed once I started taking over and getting things moving again and having a conversation and making things work out and and helping them to get through this. And, and I was surprised at one point because then I, I got to the point where I finally was like, okay you guys know what you need to exchange. Do you have the information? Do you have the information? Are you going to play nicely or do I need to stay and referee this? Mm-hmm. And we finally, I got the, nope. we're good. Okay. I'm good. And I'm calm. I'm good. <laughs> and, and I started to turn and walk back into the rock toward the store and there's this whole line of people that are just standing there watching. <laughs> so so wow. the, end of the story is that people are always watching no matter when we think they aren't. And especially during our least fine moments, that's when we're always going to be in a fishbowl and you never know who is going to be watching what messaging they're going to take from that and what lessons they're going to learn. So make it a good one. Yes.
2: Yeah. And, it's just it's all about taking taking action. Like I'll share an, another quick one. We were at Beaver Tail State Park here in, in Rhode Island, and it's it's a pretty pretty pop popular park. A lot of rocks and stuff, and so we were walking. I was with my my ex at the time. We're walking, and she she she's always a more cautious one. Where I'm like the we'll we'll, we'll be fine guy, right? So so my oldest son and one of one of my twin boys, they were walking on the rocks. And she's like, "Be careful! Be careful! I don't like them." I'm like, "Will you let them be?" It's like, just let them be. They're having fun. They're exploring their—I mean, they're, you know—they're exploring their adventurous side. Like, just let them be. And so, of course, the 99 times I'm right. This is the one time where she she was spot on. <laughs> and so, the the younger one slips. So there was like the the rock was mossy, and it's right on the ocean. Oh. Okay. So he slips and he starts sliding down. My oldest reaches to grab him, and now they're both slipping, oh. and, and they they fall into the ocean. Oh. And so I go springing right into action. I, I fly right down there. I dove in, well I jumped in, and luckily I was able to wedge myself between two rocks and grab them both. And you know I picked them up. They're like my oldest got my son to to my ex, and then you know I got him up. And then I, I got myself up and there was probably about 15 people up on the boardwalk, just watching, <laughs> just, just watching. You know, there, there was a, an elderly couple close by. They were fishing. The woman comes over with a blanket. She's like, this is all I can offer you. You know, because, like, you know, they were older, like they, they wouldn't have been able to, to get us out of there. But it's just the fact that not one of those people <laughs> offered to help. Not one. Yeah. And so... Obviously, we got through it, but just the point I'm making with that is for those of you listening, share share your stories, share your experience, yeah. and just don't think that you don't have anything to anything to say, because you do. I promise you, you do. If, you, if you've been following me for a while now, I created an entire business helping people turn their stories into powerful messages. So you have it, no matter what you've gone through. I guarantee we can turn it into something powerful. And so, so Joyce, how can people get in touch with with you? I'll uh, blast it on the uh, on the banner here. Oops, mm-hmm. that, that's that's not you. <laughs> right. You got a web, website or or social, social handles?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that?
2: <laughs> said said uh, you got a web, website or a social
1: handle? I do. I have a website which is conflictoptions.us
2: us okay and what can what can we get by, by going there
1: there is um it is still a relatively new website i'm still working on developing that right now there's a little bit of information about my philosophy on conflict you can find out a little more about the um the crisis coaching as well and there is a contact page, and there's a somewhat outdated <laughs> um, blog as well. <laughs> okay,
2: good stuff. And I would say if you if you guys listening, if if you're dealing with something that you're having trouble dealing with, reach out. Reach out. Like that's why we do this. Like you know, I'm not having having Joyce on as a guest just you know to kill an hour. <laughs> you know, we're here to to share her expertise and to let you guys know you're not alone. You're not alone. Like, this is what we
1: do. (laughs) You're not alone. Go ahead. Yeah. It is a lot less expensive in terms of emotion and in terms of um, finances to just take care of it right from the get-go rather than letting it get too far down the road.
2: Yeah, and that too far down the road can lead to suicide slash death. You know, not Absolutely. to put a put a morbid twist on it, but like it it can go that far. So yeah. if we can take it from something that in the in the outside eye is kind of minor, you know, it might be major in your eye, but in the outside eye, could be minor. We can help talk you through that and help get you to a place to where you're more accepting, you're more for, you're more forgiving. And you don't put, you don't carry that burden around with you. So like you have options. So again, that's why we do this. So reach out. Yeah, conflictoptions.us, mm-hmm. you know, look her up, look look her up here on social, dig into her background. <laughs> and if what she said resonates with you, I told you, I got a pad full of notes over here. You know, if what she says resonates, just re- reach out. There's no harm in making the connection. None whatsoever. Exactly. All right, Joyce, you got the final word. Well, I mean, I'm going to have the final word, but you got the final word for right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that for the most part, we've said most of it. I think that it's the biggest keys are to keep the conversation open and don't look at the emotions of that as being a a negative. Look at that as something that is actually going to be your guideposts for knowing when you're on the right track and Even if it doesn't feel good at that moment, is it something that is helping you get to your core? Because when we get to that core, that's when, just when you think that you can't take any more of it, that's when you're at your core. And there is so much benefit that can come from that. When we deal with a conflict or a crisis, we can actually improve the conversation. We can improve the clarity. We can improve the relationships as a result. Nice. Yeah.
2: Lindsay just wrote, this was amazing. Thank you both for your time.
1: Oh, thank you, Lindsay.
2: Awesome. Awesome. All right, Joyce, we're going to say goodbye to you. Then I'm going to bring it down. So thank you very much for joining us. It was a great conversation. Like I said, I got a page full of notes. You know, so I can't wait to, to dice this up and to post little, little golden nuggets. <laughs> and then, uh, like I said, I'll send you a copy as well. And I will go from from, from there. So, again, those of you looking for for some guidance, conflictoptions.us, this is Joyce Elder. You have yourself a great day. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. This wraps up episode number 35. And I can honestly say I have not had a bad episode. And I'm not saying it's all about me, although I am pretty amazing. But the guests that I've had on this show have been absolutely mind-blowing mind-blowing. And it's only going to keep getting better and better and better. So I'm booking out into April now. So if you're out there, if you have something that you can speak on, that's about personal development, and it can be any, it can be any um, derivative of personal development. Like today it was conflict resolution. That's part of personal development. Fitness is part of it. You know, wellness, spirituality, like we've had so many different, different People, different guests on here. We're all talking about roughly the same topic, but we're talking about it from different angles. So if you have a unique angle that you want to share, reach out to me. You can inbox me here. You can go to the website, robertbfoster.com slash speaker, and just hit the contact, contact me, and we'll get you on the show. Because again, it's not about us. It's not about just filling an hour. It's about helping people to change their lives and become better. So that's all I got for you. Thank you very much for tuning in. And remember, if you got roadblocks in your way, roll up your sleeves, put on the big girl panties and the big boy pants. Shut up and grind. Make it happen. Top of the day to you.
0: You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.